Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. How are we, church? Good? Well, I am excited. Man, every week I'm just studying the Word of God and coming to this moment of sharing it. I'm just really excited. I'm dwelling and getting so much more out of Scripture than I ever had before. Who's with me on that? This is fun. I like it. And um, I'm really pleased to bring the Word. And, and tonight, I, I want to encourage you, you got to come. I mean, to, Lynn and I have been uh, talking this week. We're both preaching out of the same passage, uh, just about our messages and so on. And, and she's got something fresh as well. Um, and and, and, and I, the thing I love about Lynn's preaching, it comes with such deep intellect, as well as spiritual knowledge and truth. And it's a wonderful marriage. <laughs> and the nights are really fun because they're kind of interactive. So you can reach out and go, hey, hang on. What does that mean? Or, you know, kind of just interact a little bit. And so that's been really fun. PM Sessions has been a winner. And you should definitely come tonight. It's going to be super fun. And last week with Pastor Keith, wasn't he great? Oh, man. I'm, I'm a fan of uh, my father-in-law's teaching. Very, very good. And then at the night, we had the Bali team sharing who are then, what incredible story just to hear about their experience in uh, Bali, which was so cool, and Pastor Mel, and so many good things are coming and happening. One thing I wanted to let you know about, just a little update, and this is for prayer and also um, just to stand together, we're currently looking at a new building option, and we're looking at it. Everyone say, looking at it. That's what we're doing, we're looking at it. And, and it's, a, it's a build, so it's a, it's a, we're looking at a more custom-designed kind of option, and uh, we're looking at it right now. We're looking at borrowing capacity, we're looking at feasibility, we're looking at design, and we're just bringing it before the God and before God and saying, is, is this us? Is this, is, is this our future? And so I'm just sharing you that little bit of te- that little teaser, and I'll keep on giving you little bits as I'm able, but uh, I want to ask you firstly to pray that if, if God's in it, that his favor would really break out we met with the the owner and developer and the the builder this week and we i felt like there was a really good connection i was like hey we like each other this is good you know um so but let's pray for favor and then i want to encourage as well the thing that's going to help us to be honest is as we look to our borrowing capacity so one of the feasibility things is the amount of cash that we have at bank deposit affects how much we can borrow right um, and so Vision Builders, as we know, we've been sowing for years uh, towards our future to have our own property. And um, so I want to encourage you, if you're able to honour your pledge, if you're able, in faith, it might be a faith step, but if you're able, I want to encourage you to please do that even in the next week because that is going to be really timely, isn't it, Mr. Haynes, as we go to the banks and say, all right, how far can we stretch? How wide can we go here? How high can we make the roof? You know, um, so if you are able, please do that. If you if you say, you know what, I haven't yet made a pledge, but I'd like to, check out the Vision Builders uh, booklet that I think are on your seats or at the back, and you can read through that if you missed all the talk that we had about Vision Builders, and just look at it and just go to before God. I always say this: don't overcomplicate it. Just go to God and say, God, what would you have me give? If you give in response to what He says to you, you're good. If you do anything less or more, you're in trouble. <laughs> True. I do have a little bit of a cough today. You with me? So uh, that's the update. Is that exciting? Yeah. I think it's exciting. I'm excited about it. 
All right, so we are looking at today, who's ready to get in Scripture? Who's got their paper Bibles? Oh, hold them up. I want to see your beautiful Bibles. Oh, there it is, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Yes, we like that one. Um, loving the paper Bibles. Make sure you, you bring them. But if you've got your digital version, well, I'm talking about judgment today, so no judgment cast. Enjoy, enjoy your digital Bible and all your multiple versions and commentaries. God bless you. Awesome. But we're looking at Matthew 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. We're going to go down to verse 12. And um, this is kind of coming towards the end of the Beatitudes. So we're kind of not following a chronological order. We're kind of just, I'm just following where I felt the Lord led me when I just typed it all out and said, I think this is the journey we're going to go on. So we're going towards the end of this Sermon on the Mount. And uh, the context, as, as Pastor Keith said last week, and I've said the weeks before, context is king. Once you understand the environment and what's going on, then suddenly things just pop and come alive even so more. And, and I think by this time, in, in, if we get a picture of, of the picnic on the hill, you know, everyone's kind of, it's got to a point where, you know, I, I, who, who went to Bible college or, or kind, uh, what would you call it, kids church, and grew up picturing the Sermon on the Mount kind of like that. Well done, Carl Blotch. <laughs> Is it Blotch? I've got Pastor Christina all the way from Saskatoon, who's an art lover. Welcome, Christina. Yay! Did I say that right? Block. Block. There's no K there, it's a H. Block. Okay. So his image there, that looks lovely. Yes. I want to be there. Everyone's wearing linen. <laughs> Everyone's having kimchi sandwiches and kefir water and sitting on linen rugs. And it's lovely. They're sharing their kimchi, passing the kefir around. Kefir water. It might be illegal. I don't know. It might have been back then. It's legal now. Things change. <laughs> Things change. But we kind of can see that. But I think actually... at this, during the Sermon on the Mount, I think, it's, I think this is one of the most awkward moments in human history. Because Jesus, as I said, he's poking a stick at stuff. I mean, he is just going at everything and just kind of picking his way through things, you know, talking about all different things. He's promoting the lowest of society to the highest places. He, he's talking about the poor and the sick and the marginalized and the rejected. They're, they're the ones I'm, I'm really interested in talking to. He's spoken about anger lust, divorce. He, he's told the patriots and zealots that instead of fighting, they should turn their cheeks and just cop another one. Yeah? And so everything he's kind of got to, and again, we're getting towards the end of this passage, I think he's just about offended everybody in the audience. I really think he has. At one point, at some time. And then he comes to this passage here, and, and I bet people are thinking, I don't know what to think of Jesus, whether to love him, or hate him, yeah? I can see them also becoming very aware of the people around them. You know how when you get angry, you start to then notice everyone around you? And it's usually because you're going, yeah, well, that applies to that person. Who's ever done that on a Sunday? <laughs> That's definitely for them. That's the Spirit speaking. <laughs> I'm just going to intercede for them right now that they might receive love, not judgment, love. I think there's a whole lot of that, and there's, there's, there's a whole lot of offense sort of flying around. And, you know, I can imagine people feeling angry, guilty, 
And then Jesus gets to this portion of scripture and he just goes, let's just mess it all up. And he goes straight at the juggler. He speaks to judgment. Yeah? And I've said it before that one of the most painful things that any human being can suffer or feel is, is guilt, shame, or judgment. Who's ever been there? Who's ever had that mud flown at him and just gone, thank you very much? I feel amazing. Not at all. You know what I mean? It just kind of gets you really irritated when, when, when there's things that are spoken that kind of just point a finger. You don't go, wow, what a truth revelation. What wisdom. Where's a paper and a pen? I've got to write this down and, and journal and meditate on this later because it feels so good. Who's ever been there? Now, this message might even be like that today. So just, 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 just tap the person next to you and say, Jesus loves you. This message isn't for you. Tell them, this isn't for you. Tell the other way, it's not for you either. I'm not looking in the back of your head. <laughs> Usually when you're suffering judgment or when you're feeling it, I don't know if you're just like me, and this is just me bearing my heart, but you know when somebody's kind of saying something and I feel a little bit judged? Again, I'm not going, oh, wow, thank you, Graham. Oh, he loves me so much. He's saying this for my good praise the Lord, and thank you, Jesus, for Graham. Because you sit here. You sit here. Why do you sit here? But usually when somebody's casting and throwing judgment at you, this is just me, not you guys, not your neighbor, but I usually am building up a very good argument. I'm, not, I'm kind of paying attention to what they're saying, but I'm really developing a very sound argument and I'm, and I'm just waiting for the opportune time to present it. It's just me, right? Actually, I think a lot of us do this. We're kind of just waiting for them to take a breath so we can bring hellfire down on them. True? And so again, I think Jesus is at this point where he's kind of just really getting at people. And, and starting with this, now the interesting thing, I didn't put this in the notes, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the two sides of the religious leaders that are self-appointed man-made kind of structures, are the, are the self-appointed judges and law people at the time. They're the magistrates, right? So their job is they're the judgy ones because God appointed them. And so I get to wear the magistrate's robe and I look very fancy and I can tell you you're wrong and you're right and I go home feeling very spectacular about it. <laughs> and so they're there, you've got the Gentiles, you've got the Jews and they're all sitting together eating their kimchi being very upset. Are we ready to read? So it says this, verse 1, we haven't even got into Scripture yet. We should read the Bible, people. So it says, judge not that you may not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged, and with the measure you use it, you will be measured unto you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, let me take this, oh, this is thoughtful, so helpful, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? Oh, no, I can't even see what I'm doing. This is tricky. The hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye, 
and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your own brother's eye. Oh, you know the Pharisees be loving this bit. Oh, yeah. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn them to attack you. Oh, then it gets good. Good bit. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open. For which by one of you is the son asks him for bread will give him a stone and if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent. If you then who are evil, oh, that's got to help, know how to give good gifts to your children. I think he's looked at the Pharisees and he's known those who are evil. And the Sadducees are going, yeah, told you. Knew it all along. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Verse 12. So simple. The golden rule. Known by, there we go, Siri's asking again. She loves my preaching. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Good? Judgment. In the original language, I'm not going to try to say it in the Greek, but in the same, it's the same word used to condemn or pass sentence upon. So that's what he's saying, right? The, the Passion Translation tra- translates judgment in the original Greek as critic. So it says, refuse to be a critic full of bias toward others. Again, I, I'm yet to meet a person that just eats up and loves criticism. Just bring it on. Condemnation. Oh, yeah. Love that stuff. Everyone, come on, everyone's blood boils when they are judged, condemned, or criticized. Agreed? Can we agree on that? We're just going to, yes? Right? So judgment, basically, this is right or this is wrong. Or let's make it personal. That person is right, that person is wrong. That's judgment. Yes? Very simplistic. Lynn is going to do a much finer execution of that. But this is right, this is wrong, this person's right, that person's wrong. That's really simple, basic that's judgment. Judgment isn't just judgment just when spoken directly to a person. This is the thing, but spoken at any time. Any time. We think judgment's only judgment when someone else hears it. No, 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 no. I don't read that anywhere. Judgment is this I'm going to say this shall be, or that's right, that's wrong, and we choose sides here's the reason why there's always someone listening in fact the accuser the bible says satan 1 peter 5 9 he prowls around looking for who he may devour so we think sometimes people aren't listening but he's always listening and looking for opportunities condemnation is satan's language it's his dialect. It's, in fact, that's the only thing he ever speaks. Satan will never tell the truth. Never. It's not in his capacity to do that. And he will always condemn and judge, criticize. That's the only language, the only dialect he knows and lives by. There is no other language. But the thing is, with that, he understands it better than anyone else ever would. He knows its power. And he knows how to use it. And he's always, always 
prowling around with his ears pricked going, who will speak a word that I can take hold of? I'm listening. I'm listening. And he just listens. And he waits for an opportunity to use that judgment. And sometimes we think we can be spraying it out. And here's the thing. Lamenting is powerful because it's directed. But when, it's, when you give it to God, he can deal with it. He's the only one. He is the judge, okay? Yeah. But if you go throwing it around, it's free-for-all. It's free-for-all. It's up for grabs. And the enemy, every single time, will take hold of it. Now, the thing about judgment is that everyone wants to believe that their lens of, ledge, uh, their lens of judgment is 2020. Come on. Your judgment's far more truthful than anyone else's. Definitely. True? Who believes that? Come on, be with me. Come on, who wants to be bold? I'm not going to judge you. Thank you, Sam. Got another one, Dave. Perfect. Come on, you'd agree, Tara. Gets it right every time. Nails it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Your judgment is always and every time biased. Always. Say it. My judgment is biased. Who didn't say anything? Come on. All of us are going to be biased. The only one that is completely unbiased is God Almighty. The interesting thing, when Adam and Eve, they, when they ate that fruit, you know what they were doing? They, they became knowledgeable of what is good and evil before they only knew good. They found out about two different things, and now they've got a choice to make. And we still today have a choice to make every time and every time we're not going to be straight and true can we agree with that is that a revelation to anyone some of you are offended right now and are leaving the church <laughs> that's a judgment sorry man it's true but my, my judgment is 2020 <laughs> so the, the the first revelation i want to give us today is your judgment is biased can we own that every one of us it's biased. Realizing this will help, help you out a bunch. It will. There's only one person that is unbiased and knows right and wrong perfectly and can, can split it down the middle every time. So here, the, let's go back to Scripture. So it says, judge, judge not that you not be judged. God's desire is that we would not judge. But we do. And we will. We'll do it five times, probably while I'm preaching, going, I don't know if this is good or not. This might not be scripturally correct. I don't know if he's read out of the right commentary or the right lexicon. I don't know. Judge and you will be judged. It says, judge and you will be judged. Now, in the original Greek, there's tones and there's um, a manner in which it's said. And in this way, he's actually, it's an imperative command. Right? So when he's saying this, he's saying, this is a command. This is not a maybe, a sometimes, a possibility. He's saying here, judge, and you 100%, most certainly, positively, without any doubt, will receive judgment back. Oh, some of this, that's not nice. We're going to get uncomfortable together today. Is that all right? It's guaranteed it will come back at you. That's That's tricky. <laughs> <coughs> with the judgment and the measure of judgment you cast it will return to you 
And he's not saying, if your judgment is correct, then you'll receive blessing and a trophy for your, and you'll be the winner. <laughs> I'm the winner. Because your judgment was correct. Uh-uh. He doesn't define it that way. He says, if you judge, you will be judged. If you withhold judgment, you won't get any back. This is an imperative command. He's saying this is the way it is. Again, it's not God's desire that this would happen. It's just in the new reality since Adam and Eve, this is the world that we live in. Right? Not God's design or design. This is the way it is. So he's making a very clear statement that whether your argument is right or not, if you judge, you will be judged. Not it may happen, he's saying it, it will happen. Have we got that? So let's say this again. If I judge, I'll get judged. Ah, oh, that sucks. It's not God's desire, but it's, it's going to happen, right? Here's the truth. God sent his son so that this could change. Because we're, we're totally screwed without it then it's only our own judgment. And this is the thing. This was the law. It's like, all right, I'm going to do my very best to package it up and try to give you something that will hopefully help you to try to work this out on planet Earth. But then God had a much better idea. He says, let's make it a whole bunch easier. Let's send my son, who's perfect, and send him to Earth. And he'll, he'll receive all the unjust judgment and condemnation and he'll take everything upon his shoulders and he'll sacrifice his life so that that won't be the end of it for you and I that's the good news and that's the meat in the sandwich just there okay and Jesus said this really clearly when he was speaking to Nicodemus so he's like top of the tree religious leader he comes to him he sneaks to him in the middle of the night and John 3 16 we know it but John 17 says something really important it says Jesus said this I haven't come to judge and condemn but to make a way to be free of it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but in the ESV it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. But even still, if you still choose in your free will, okay, you've still got, you've still got free will, to cast judgment, it will come back at you. That's what Scripture's saying here, yeah? So Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, don't jump on our judgment and use it against us, but the enemy, the accuser, gobbles it up. You're speaking his language. He jumps on it like a kid in a candy store. He's like, I'm getting on this. It's basically, if you think of it this way, when we cast judgment, we're saying to the enemy, free shot, hit me. That, that's literally what Jesus... If, if you throw that out, just, just get your jaw ready because it's going to come back. Hit me. See, Satan can't condemn you to hell, but he can use your judgment against us to divide us and from a, from a loving creator God and from each other. But he, he's so clever with how he does it. I don't want to give him any credit, but he's so clever. He's... he's, 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 he's He's clever. So if the Bible says that when we judge, it comes back. The enemy jumps on our confession of our mouth and uses it, as, uses, it, uses it against us 
but he's smart enough to not cast judgment back from where it was cast. See, I've noticed sometimes when I cast out judgment and it doesn't come back from the same source, I go, winner, give me the trophy. My judgment was correct. It didn't come back from the same source. But don't think he's that clever. Don't think he's that stupid because then we'd all latch onto it. Be like, oh, it, yeah, okay, so it's like bat ball. You bump, bang. Bump, bump. If it came back, we'd probably stop it. We're like, freak, that, that hurts. Comes right back at me every time. Now, the truth is it does. But the way that he does it, he's clever. See, if we speak judgment to someone and we, and we, and we, perceive that we've got away with it and we keep on doing it yeah i was right <laughs> yep uh-huh nailed it but i find that it always comes back from a different source and we don't always make the connection let that sink in jesus is saying here if you judge you will receive it back 100 percent of the time and, and and here's the other thing it'll always always this is imperative as well it will always come back to you in the, at the same measure Every single time. So if you, if you throw it out one way, you're going to get it back the same. The same. With the measure that you've used, it will be measured back to you each and every single time. Guaranteed, 100%, it will happen. How does this happen? Verse 3 and 5. Let's read this again. Why do you see the speck in your own brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Well, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. See, once again, when we fight this battle of judging and being judged, we're going to fight this right up until the end. It won't stop. This battle is going to rage right until Jesus returns. We can't change our bias. We can't do that. We're always going to be biased, yeah? I'm letting us off the hook a little. But we can choose what to do with our bias. Here's the thing. We can, in fact, change how we see. How we see. You know, every time we judge someone, we put a twig in our own eye. Who's ever had something in their own eye? What do you do? If I poke Graham in the eye again, I'm picking you. What are you going to do with those eyelids around you? You're going to shut them. <laughs> it's painful. You've got stuff in your eye at work. A lot. And it, and it stops you seeing. Even the tiniest little speck will just get you doing this. Suddenly your vision's a little blurred. It's a little irritated. Suddenly, what? You, have you ever been that? And suddenly the smallest of tasks just becomes so irritating. Like you're just, try, you're just trying to get keys. You've got this thing in your eye. And you're like, this is so easy normally. But every time you cast it, it's like a twig, bang, in the eye. It's there. And it blocks your vision. It means that suddenly your 2020 judgment gets somewhat lessened. <laughs> Even more. The thing about it is, is judgment boomerangs. It comes back. The message actually says this. This way. The critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. Oh, I love it. He's Australian. Eugene, 
said, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Even I was here. I want to get personal for a sec, but years ago, Eric and I both remember this, but we, we cast judgment. We had a, a, ourselves a good little session in our lounge room once with a couple. Oh, gosh, it was good. <laughs> like, this wasn't partial judgment. This was bang on perfect. I mean, the presence of God was in the room or in one of the rooms or in another house somewhere close. But um, <laughs> we were nailing it. I mean, everything we were saying, oh, gosh, it was good. And it was about someone else. Oh, but in that, in the moment, just something happened in my gut that I went, uh, like I just handed my car keys to someone else and said, you drive the car, I'll get in the back. Oh, you're drunk. Oh, well. You know that kind of feeling? I shouldn't have gone into this. Oh, dear me. Trying to wind back the words. Oh, no, 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 no. And they're gone. You know that we, we felt that, that the judgment that came back at us lasted years. Years. And let me tell you this again. It didn't come back from the source that we flung it at. In fact, they probably didn't even know about it. But boy, did we cop it. Because God wanted to? Absolutely not. We flung it. We did that. We did that. And oh my gosh, did we cop it. For years. And I look at it now and I go, that sucked. But man, oh my goodness, did I learn a lesson. It boomerangs. Last year, I had to deal with a situation that was particularly interesting and challenging. Probably the toughest one I've been, I had to deal with. And uh, it was the same kind of thing. A judgment got said about someone else, and I straight away went, please, I, I beg of you to pull that back, to retract that. It wasn't about me. It was about someone else. But I said, I, I would encourage you, pull that back. Don't, don't let that come out from behind your teeth, please. And they just went at it again. I went, no, please, you don't understand. There's people, listen, there's things listening, don't. And, oh, boy, I didn't say anything. I didn't tell anyone about it. I, I just, it was horrible. But, boy, has that ended things for them. Because it comes back at you. Oh, this is heavy, isn't it? Don't worry, it's going to get good. I always end with good things. It makes a good sermon, doesn't it? It can't all be challenging. Gosh, no one would have come to church anymore. I want to build the church. <laughs> We eventually can get to the point where we become so critical that the only thing that comes out of our mouth is a heart of criticism and judgment. See, the twig becomes a branch. And think of like a, a thicket of branches put together. You know, you go collect firewood twigs. It's not just, it's just a twig. It's like death by a thousand sticks. It eventually goes to a branch, to a log, and it goes, one eye gets pulled. And then you go, well, I'll have some more of that. So you start doing it some more. And, and here's the thing, what do, you, what do you see in your eye, this is going to be very challenging, but what do you see when you have wood in your eye? Wood. What do you see when you've got more wood in your eye? More wood. Timber. What is he saying, what, what's Jesus saying here? He said, if you fill your gaze with judgment, guess what you see? 
Now, he's not talking about a physical eye here. He's not talking about the eyeball on the side of your head. He's talking about the mental, emotional side of you. Now, that's your, your eyes, but it's your ears. And so, have you ever been someone, around someone that's got this so deep in them and they've been flinging mud for so long that suddenly it's all that comes out of them? Now, I, I, let's have a bit of compassion. The reason for them, for this, for this happening, is because that's all they see and it's all they hear. Now, if all you see and hear in your world is that, then guess what your language becomes? See where Jesus is getting at here? He's like, suddenly your whole perception of the life around you will be judgment, criticism, judgment, criticism. You won't be able to see anything else. That's all you see. It gets a little bit more tragic before it gets good. Is that that all right? So Jesus loves me, and this message isn't for you. Just let him know. It's not for you. It's for the people at the other church down the road. Don't worry. Oh, it's just coming back. Oh, there, got it. (laughs) You throw the boomerang this way. It doesn't come back here. Where does it go? Verse 6 says this. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest you trample them under the foot, and they may turn and attack you. What's this all about dogs and pearls and trampling pigs? What is Jesus talking about? (laughs) What? He just changes the subject. What? Dogs, pearls, pigs, trampling, attack... Here's the thing. Earrings and pearls in Scripture represent spiritual truth. That's what it represents. That's what he's talking about. I didn't know this. I looked it up. (laughs) Now, the saddest thing is that when someone becomes so full of judgment and criticism, they, they also become deaf and blind to spiritual truth. They ground it into the ground so much that it's, it's not even there anymore. And all they feel in their life is that they're attacked. Everyone is attacking me. This little, annoying, dirty creature is attacking me. And it's ugly and annoying. But the only, the only thing you can do about it is just curse the dirty, ugly thing that's trying to attack you. You're so annoying, you dirty pig. Trampling my pearls, my earrings, things that were precious to me, that I valued, that I said in wisdom. Mm-mm. And you'd be trampling them and attacking me. I hate you, pig. Have you got it? So you stop hearing God and discard truth altogether. You begin to question His way and His truth. His way his truth. I've found this. People that get critical and judgmental, they end up, man, the Bible gets shut. Nope, no more of that. So I'm just taking a bit of a break. Just going to start reading some philosophy because you've got to broaden your mind. You've got to get different perspectives. Maybe a little bit of psychology. Sorry, Lynn. And, uh, you know, just, just kind of fill my mind because I'm not getting what... This irritates me now. I don't... I don't want to hear. I don't want to come to church anymore because the message is this. 
there's nothing new or said that's, oh, I'll just listen to my podcasts. All those pastors that are a million miles away that don't know me or care about me, they definitely, oh, that's a judgment. I'm going to watch that. I dodged it. I dodged it. I dodged it. Oh, damn it. Yeah? You shut out the truth. You shut it out. And who is truth? It's not what is truth. It's who is truth. God himself. Now, this is the first sermon that Jesus brings, but let's go to the last one. John, John 13. Come with me. John 13, 34. This is right before Jesus goes to the cross, and he's got his disciples, his, his beloved, with them. In verse 34, it says, There's a new commandment I give to you. So another imperative command, okay? That you love one another just as I have loved you. So you, also are, so you are also to love one another. By this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you, if you have love for me. For Jesus, that's good. You've got to love Jesus. No, what does it say? If you love, come on with me, all together, one another. One another. The thing that reveals God to others is our love for one another. You know, judgment swirling, oh my gosh, in, in today's world, it is flying around like crazy like all the different laws and things that it, and, and us Christians, we get, we get caught up in it, don't we? We suddenly start going, well, that's right and that's wrong and, and let me back it up and let me say this and we, we fling it around. But you know what's the most debilitating and destructive judgment that goes on? It's not the judgment that goes out there, but the judgment that goes on in here. You think God's not interested in this? He said this, his final prayer, high priestly prayer before he goes to the cross. Just shortly after this, he says, you know what, God, this is it. This is, Father, this is all I want to ask for is that you and I would be, that they would be one like you and I are. That's, what? I thought, why didn't he just pray for salvation? He says, no, 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 that, this is the strategy. If they just love one another, stop flinging mud at each other, and I'm, that's going to be really helpful. Jesus gets this, oh, you're still with me. Say Pastor Ryan loves me. <laughs> there was one church that really irritated Paul. Oh, my gosh. If there's anyone that he could cast his judgment on, it was the Corinthians. The wild, rogue people they are. Gosh, they're annoying. They were into all kind of things. They did pretty much as they pleased. Whatever seemed rational and good. And, and, and Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, you know what? I, oh, man, I love, I love my body. I love all, all of you so much. You're my people. You, you know, God loves you. And he goes, here's the thing. If, if you destroy my temple, if you destroy God's temple, I'm going to come after you. That's my bride. You mess with my bride. This is, this is strong language, people. You go, go and read it. Verse 17. If you destroy my temple or try to, you mess with me. This is Jesus going, you mess with my bride and I'm going to get mad. <laughs> Jesus, the, the most powerful kind of relationship that we can have is this one here where we're loving one another and we're withholding judgment. 
if you love one another, that's what will cause people to know and follow the Father. That's what Scripture says here. Right now, the world is dying under the pains of guilt and shame. And the best thing we can do is to remove it from this atmosphere so that it flows out. And all they see and hear, represented by the body of Christ, is love. Not judgment. And if you get it right at home, then guess what? It works on the outside. Now, the world are, they're blind and deaf to truth. They can't hear it. The scripture says that they, they can't hear it. But the thing that again reveals God's love to others is our love for one another. Our love for one another. The enemy wants to divide us. If he can separate us, he can break down the whole spiritual strategy of truth being a revelation. Make believe is hypocrites, and no one will ever see or hear the truth. That's the strategy. They'll never know or see the Savior because his body is divided. It's torn apart, each part. A band can come up. This is good, isn't it? But we get to choose. Here's the thing. Although we're going to be biased, and each one, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wake up tomorrow... And probably, before I've had my cereal, I'm going to cast judgment. Probably going to open my cricket app and see the Australia that have won, and I'm going to start saying things. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. But I'll just start. We, we as human beings, that's going to happen. So don't feel any condemnation about that, but know that you have the freedom and the power to choose to change what comes out of your mouth and it's really simple. How do you change what comes out of your mouth? Pull out what's in your eye. Just pull it out. Remove it. Because you can. And here's the thing. Jesus said this. He says, if you'll forgive, then I'll forgive. Forgiveness has this washing power. Like if, if you had something in your eye and you needed to wash it out, you do a rinse, right? You wash it out thing about forgiveness is if every day you receive the love and the forgiveness from the Father, it washes you clean. It washes you clean as long as you let it out. If you build a wall and judgment is a wall, then it stops in its tracks. But if you let it flow, you stay clean, you stay clear. And we've got to do this every day. Amen. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we had everything right. Broken. We're not perfect. We never will be. But God loves us all the same. Just as we are. Just as we are. Every single one of us on planet Earth is broken. But if we receive His love and His forgiveness and we let it flow out of us, we become Christ on Earth. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.org.